Because she changes to be with him. 50 Randy Quaid. I'd be too petty. Go fuck yourself. 50 Randy Quaid. Spoiler alert. It's going to be a used copy of The Counselor. He read 50 Randy Quaid. Welcome to 50 Randy Quades. I am your host with the most Nicolas Cage movies. I am the most humble host you will ever hear and not see. I am the most confident and never conceited Chucky B. And with me, my co-host as always... Is that one me? JT Money. Yeah, 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 yeah I'm yeah, JT yeah, Money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi there. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's JT motherfucking too greedy money. You got to stop it with the too greedy, man. That's enough of that. <laughs> I kind of like it. And with us, we have two fantastic, amazing guest hosts. And they are Skeeter fucking Hamlin. And Johnny Yayoke Spade. And we just watched High Fidelity. Also known as Top 5 Lists. <laughs> and it is the 122nd episode of 50 Randy Quades. And right off the top, I just want to say returning listeners, new listeners, LOL. Uh, lots of love. You got it. You got it. And I just want to say that first, you know, you got to give it, you got to get it, and then you got it. Good. You know, back in my day, LOL meant living on LSD. We're like the same age. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we watched High Fidelity. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to 50randyquades.com and let us know what the fuck is up. So... Uh, we're going to introduce the trailer for the movie High Fidelity. And I just want to say that, you know, a comedy about fear of commitments, hating your job, falling in love, and other pop favorites. Yeah, this is a movie about that, I guess. My store is called Championship Final. <laughs> fire them i hired these guys for three days a week and they just started showing up every day that was four years ago rob gordon has a successful business and a dedicated following i used to go to the double door to hear you spin you were unbelievable but when it comes to dating hi hi is this penny hardwood hi caroline he's still searching are you in or out rob i'm sorry are you in or out rob i'm in i'm in i'm in for the right woman what's your name laura now his search may have ended, <laughs> but his problems just started. And I like you with Laura. I don't think much of this Ian guy. What Ian guy? You gotta be kidding me. The night Touchstone go, Pictures presents. How's Ian? He's growing on me. He looks like he could grow on something. Oh, what a night! 
John Cusack, Jack Black, Lisa Bonet, Joan Cusack, Eben Yila, Tim Robbins, Lily Taylor, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Based on the international best-selling novel. Are you gonna line that flower bed all night? No. High Fidelity. I'm looking for a record for my daughter. I just called to say I love you. Do we look like the kind of store that tells I just called to say I love you? Go to the mall. What's your problem? Do you even know your daughter? There's no way she likes that song. Oh, no, oh, oh. Is she in a coma? And we are back in the record store again. I just want to say, if you're brand new to the show, welcome. And uh, we're going to talk about everything. Or at least we mean to. But we're humble. At least I'm humble. Some of us are greedy. Some of us are guests. It's all the same. But we're going to give you guys a warning. It's a little warning. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say you're humble, he's greedy, and the rest of us are guests? Is that what you is that what you reply? <laughs> that one? Yeah, yeah, kind of. Okay. I mean I'm not necessarily implying it. Referring. No, you I'm just said it. it, I guess. No, you just literally said it. <laughs> that too, that too, that too. But um, you know, we will spoil the fucking shit out of this movie. And I'm just gonna say, you know. After this little countdown from three down to one, then we're going to spoil it. So get ready to be spoiled about high fidelity. Three, two, one. John Cusack died at the end. (laughs) (laughs) John Cusack goes through some love crisis in his late 30s. And it's, I don't know, man. Does he learn anything in the end? Maybe. Does he really change? No. Probably not. So he's just kind of a bad boyfriend and a boring guy at the end. <laughs> You're the dumbass <laughs> the end. So this movie was a comedy drama music. <laughs> that's what IMDb said. That this movie was comedy drama and music. I think it could have been spiced up by being a comedy drama musical. Kind of, kind of. You already got Jack Black in the mix. It'd be easy enough to put another couple people around him, get yourself a good musical stew going. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why this movie was rated R for language and some sexuality, because Jack Black was in it. And Catherine Zeta-Jones was in it. That's the sexuality. Ooh, she was looking damn fine in this movie. I love me some Catherine Zeta-Jones. Now available at your local grocery store. No, not available. (laughs) But this movie did release March 31st of the year 2000, going in the way, 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 way back machine. And it debuted at number five for $8.5 million. That's pretty big. I mean, it's okay. It's not It's not Nick Cage money. It's not Nick Cage rankings. This isn't a Nick Cage movie. No, it's not. Nick Cage outslays John Cusack on the daily. I would say that... In the pantheon of cinema, this movie is held in generally higher regard than most Nick Cage movies. Yeah. Uh, what it, about Con Air? It's because people <laughs> ha- generally have <laughs> a poor taste. And that is why we watch movies so they don't have to. So we can let them know that, that Con Air has both Nick Cage and John Cusack. That Nicolas it? Cage is uh, far better. That's where they that. meet. They meet at Conair. That's a terrible place to meet. Everything. That's the problem. Everybody, Everybody loves Conair. Con 
And everybody hates Conair. Everything does lead to Conair. <laughs> it does. It really does. Welcome to Conair. Isn't Conair a type of like hair blower? A Conair? Like hair dryer? A, yes, I think it's a brand of... I think they make other things too, but specifically Con hair. hair? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nicholas Cage has a really good Con Hair and Con Air. <laughs> Uh, so on uh, the rest of uh, um, the top five, which is uh, very fitting for this movie, is the number one movie, Aaron Brockovich. $17.8 million in its third week. That's crazy. Yeah, crushing the box office. Number two, The Road to El Dorado. $16 million brand new debut. I don't remember that movie at all. I think it was a cartoon. It is a cartoon. Oh. I don't think it's Disney, though. Is it a, like a Warner Brothers thing? I don't remember. DreamWorks? I like number three. Uh, the number three movie on the list is a movie we've actually done on 50 Randy Quaids. It is The Skulls. $13.7 million. New movie. But we've already told you that before. Didn't they have Joshua Jackson in it? It Yo. did. It had Pacey Witter. And little Paul, tie to the creek and, chat for and you. Paul Walker. Oh, yeah. Paul Walker was in that? Yeah, before he died. (laughs) Obviously before he died. He's only been in one movie after he died. (laughs) Uh, And then number four, rounding out our list, is Romeo Must Die. $11.8 million in its third week. I dug that movie. That movie was fun. I never saw Romeo Must Die. I was never a really big Jet Li fan. I like Jet Li. Yeah, nothing to say, JT? I like Jet Li. I've just never seen that movie. How have you never seen Romeo Must Die? How have you never? you like Jet Li. I don't like Jelly. Do I need to see every movie from every actor yes, I've ever liked? Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. It's a rule. It's in the Constitution. It's it's the. Uh, it's 60- in the Constitution that Nicolas Cage swore to steal for you. It's the sixty sixth Amendment. It's, the four, it's on the forty seventh page. Chuck, do me a favor. Of the fifth section. Chuck, tell me what the estimated budget for this movie was. Oh, thirty million dollars. Okay. How much are they making profit? Well, worldwide? Yes. $47.1 million total dollars, bringing its profit to about $17.1 million. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, you know, because domestically here in the United States brought in about $27.28 million, and then in all foreign lands, $19.83 million. You know, the math adds up. I have a better question. What's that? Who wrote this movie? It was written by quite a, quite a slew of people. A slew, huh? Yeah, DVD. Steve Pink, John Cusack himself, himself, and Scott Rosenberg. Scott Rosenberg, actually, uh, who is that guy? I know that name. Don't know. Nobody knows who Scott Rosenberg is? No, but I'm pretty sure this is based on a novel by Nick Hornby. Is it? Yes, like a number of other movies, like About a Boy, and that's really probably the only other majorly notable one. Yeah, that had a uh, guy from Hugh Grant. About a boy, wasn't and it? and and it had the Beast as a child. Dude, I must be thinking about a different movie because I thought Homeboy from Fast and Furious was in it. Uh, Tyrese. No, you're definitely. Was that Baby Boy? <laughs> I think that's Baby Boy. <laughs> I have no idea. I have not seen either of these two. Movies. I just, I just remember. Wasn't there a movie with like Tyrese on the cover, and it was like all blue? I couldn't tell you. I didn't spend a lot of time looking at Tyrese movie covers. I don't know about it either. That's why I'm asking the question. The image is burned into your brain, though, not mine. You got something against Tyrese, dude? No, Tyrese is fine. Tyrese did a good job. I think. Oh, it most definitely is called Baby Boy with Tyrese <laughs> on a bicycle on the cover. Oh, no. And that's, I believe, Snoop Dogg. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Oh, no. Oh, definitely Snoop Dogg. 
Is Kevin Hart in it? Please don't. No, me. no, but Ving Rings was in it. Ooh, Ving Rings. I love Ving Rings. Uh, well, I don't know if Kevin Hart was or was not in it. I just looked at the, what was on the cover. I really wanted them to uh, remake um, People Under the Stairs, but have Ving Rames play the same part he did in the Wes Craven version, even though it was like 20 years later. That would have been so good. That, uh, right? Like, how awesome would that have been? Like, to update the whole story and the, how far you can go with, like, how bad it really got in that house, but just still have Ving Rames as a constant tie. Who do you want to direct it? Stephen Frears? Dude, Wes Craven could do it again. Like, I would have been okay with that. But Stephen Frears, man, I mean, like, he did a good job on this movie. Frears some shit up. Yeah. Do you know what I saw today? Speaking of remakes, is they are remaking Face Off. What? With who? Uh, Anybody's better than the part. two they did it with the first time. Oh no. no. Yes. Oh no. No. Yes. Oh you no. Not they should do Nicholas it with Cage. Andy Dick and Tom Green. That's who they should do it with. You make me sick. They would switch faces and look exactly the same. They would. <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture I've seen where it's like they're dressed and, up as each other. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're <laughs> like <laughs> trying to throw people off. I mean, no, I'm Andy Dick. You can't tell it's like that going on. Like oh. even when you know and you're looking at it, you're like, holy shit, dude. Wait, no, <laughs> it's a it's a sequel. It's a sequel to Face Off. Yeah. Called right, butt good. off. Butts off. Butts off. Dicks off. They exchange genitalia. Ooh, that'd be rough. I wouldn't want to do that. I know. I can't imagine the storyline that goes around that. It'd be porn related, probably. <laughs> Have you ever seen a Serbian film? I don't want to watch it's it. It's pretty much that. I don't want to see that. <laughs> what about a, a what about a Siberian movie? <laughs> a Siberian movie? Is that, Call back. Is that the Walgreens version? Call yes. back. That was my favorite movie. Uh, so uh, the st- the the stars <laughs> of this movie are none other than John Cusack writing himself into the starring role of Rob Gordon. Okay, I don't know if it worked like that, but if it did, it should have anyway. And then there's uh, Eben Hajile as Eben, Eben Yaili. Eben Yaili as Laura. Uh, Todd Lusco is Luiso. There's is no C Bolo. in there. What did I what did I say? Luisco? I said whatever is right. You need to check the tape. Todd Lusco. Jack Black <laughs> is uh Barry Judd. Catherine Zeta Jones is Charlie. And Joan Cusack is Liz and Tom Tom. Tim Robbins is Ian Raymond, also known as Ray. It would have been better if you messed up Jack Black's name. Jock. Jerk Jerk Block. Don't forget sure. that uh, that Bruce Springsteen also makes an appearance in this movie. Oh, yes, I forgot does. already. And so is Zoe Kravitz's mom. Lisa Bonet? Oh, yeah. Yes. Who was one of the Huxtables. I Lisa can't Money. Can't remember which Huxtable because I can't remember all their names. And they talked about the Cliff. Cosbys. They said like, Cliff the Cosby shirt. They, yeah, yeah they did. he did. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I never even caught that before. <laughs> that she's the one of Cosby the Huxtables sweater. and they make fun of Cosby in it. <laughs> it's so good. It's a Cosby sweater. All right, so the IMDb breakdown of the movie High Fidelity is as follows. Rob, a rookie school owner and a compulsive list maker, he recounts his top five breakups, including the one in progress. Was that part of a Foster's ad? No, it was just the way I talk. Was it an Outback Steakhouse ad? I like to do accents. So you know what? Australian for beer. Yeah. I don't do any uh, free ads or commercials for anybody who's not paying us. That's why I tell people to go on the Disney Network or go hit up uh, like 
Netflix. Or go right down to <laughs> Blackjack Gentleman Club on the corner of or Or if you got to go to HBO Max. Hold on. I take money to plug people on here. I do product placement. You can pay me, and then I will do it. No, every time I'm a guest, people pay me, and then I just slyly put a product placement in there. As long Dude, as you're putting a 20 in my pocket, that's all. Show. It's awesome. Just put 20s in my pocket. Just start calling me tater money. All right, tater money. Don't Give me call some me money. That. Don't call me that. Give me some money. I ain't giving no money. Give me money, you, and I won't call you You don't that. get money by giving it away, dude. All right, tater money. You got to spend money to make money. Yeah. 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 Haven't you ever heard you that? You got to make money to spend money, you gotta too. You got to spend money to make money. Yeah. So spend make it your money. on me. You'll make your money work for you. my surname around so casually. Keep my name out your mouth, bitches. All right. So, uh, so I want to I wanna do something a little bit differently this episode of 50 Randy Quades. Since this is uh, tater money ricardo's oh, now i'm money you're pick. part of the, you're part of the family now i want to say uh lol lots of love and i also want to say why don't you kind of like lead us through this film this is your this is your baby this is your love your your pick for the podcast what do you mean by lead us through this film well i mean like normally we kind of We'll go through the movie chronologically, hitting the important parts, kind of explaining the movie. You know, for for our viewers who choose to not watch the movie and get it straight from us, because we watch it, so they don't have to. So they don't have to. That's right. So uh, it it opens with uh, just really, really miserable feeling, right? Uh, and you can tell right away, like this is going to be a classic John Cusack movie. If you've ever seen John Cusack before, you can probably count. There's going to be lots of scenes with him in the rain in it. Oh, there, there was. There were a number. This movie was pretty much raining the entire time. Yeah, every time John Cusack was outside, it's just raining. Well, all so the they, time. they they describe what kind of movie this is in the way they describe the music in one scene, and that's a sad old bastard movie. Yeah, yeah, it is really. I think the the beginning, uh, one of the beginning lines is, uh, "Am I miserable because I listen to er, pop music, or do I listen to pop music because I'm miserable, or something along those lines?" And I think his character just wants to be a fucking piece of shit. Like he he can never find happiness, even when he's got Laura back towards the end of the movie. He's fucking like he's like, All right, "Let me talk behind her back to this other bro." I'm yeah, like, "Dude, you're a fucking just piece of shit human being." Is all it really comes down to, and I just do not like you. So I hope you fucking fail. He is a terrible I human being. I root against you consistently through this movie. Yeah, he is a terrible human being. I think the movie acknowledges that and plays into that. I think that's, you know, intentionally. It's not like something where we're trying to glorify this garbage dude. Well, it's like on top I, of it, all he does is fucking complain. Well, I think they do that with pretty much every character in this movie is not likable except for Laura. And maybe, yeah. maybe if you're feeling generous, sad, bald guy... Like maybe oh no fuck Paul though but I don't I don't like him either I would hate to know him in real life and that was the uh, thing. there's Marie Dussal Marie Dussal's character is I think a very likable character okay that's true we don't get enough for my problem I thought she was gonna play a much that. bigger role in this movie when they introduced her and not to diminish her role because it should have taught him a lesson that he ended up not taking anything from really I don't know I don't think he takes a lesson from anything. Is what I it think. Comes down I think to. there's a lesson, but I don't think it's what you expect. I, because I don't. I think he might take a lesson, but he'll never apply that lesson to his actual actions in life. 
And I think that's I think that's what the end was about is that he was that whole scene where he's talking to Laura at the end about like saying how like I, I've realized that fantasy is just for fantasy. It can't live up, blah, blah, blah and stuff like that. I think that's kind of like them kind of saying like this is the point of the movie is that he's not he's he's kind of a garbage person. Um, he's not going to maybe learn things about how to have a relationship, but he'll learn how to how to be comfortable enough with himself to have a relationship. I don't think they did a good enough job convincing me that he would actually be able to follow through on what might be a real desire for change, but he won't be able to follow through on. I just don't think I walked away believing he was capable of that. I kind of I kind of walked away angry from the movie because I was just like, "Oh, this guy's just a piece of shit." The entire movie constantly blaming others for things and then just looking for attention and sorrow and then when he finally gets something like like he doesn't even answer his sister's question when she's like dude why do you even want to get back together with laura and he like can't even he can't even like answer the question it's just he just needs to consistently be in some sort of angst wasn't that the next scene where I think, if I remember right, he did answer that question. He's like, things were like good with her. They weren't like spectacular, but they were good. They were really good. I thought that was the answer to that question. Yeah, but he wasn't talking to her. Like he was just yeah, talking. He was talking to like him. That, though. He was talking to himself, is what I talking assume. to the audience. When when he's talking to us, I assume he's talking to himself. I did not really like that whole setup of the talking to the audience i love to establish that you're you're just constantly running things like over and over and over it was interesting and once like i because like initially like that better first, than i like didn't what, notice it i kind of like that better than like what they do now with like the confessionals and like tv shows i mean i i guess i kind of like it a little bit now that i'm i think about it more and i'm like it you know it's resonating more with my side it, it was interesting because like i noticed it when i noticed other people weren't reacting to him just like talking to nobody yeah except for a few instances where what he think where he thinks out loud yeah 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 like yeah. when he's making that tape for that girl he's might cheat on laura with but ends up not cheating on her with i fucking hate that guy for even like think the whole movie is about trying to get fucking bad bangs back and he fucking once he does get her back he's all like Oh man, dude, I'm gonna try to fuck this other piece of ass because it's just so much more. It's it's just better with the fucking adrenaline and the chase of trying to, you know, like, fuck you, John Cusack. <laughs> I think I think that's a common theme in a lot of men's life, though, is that kind of thing. Maybe not a lot enough. Um, I know that almost everything he's gone through in this movie, I've definitely can draw back to a very specific point that exactly matches up uh, with something that's going on in the movie. Straight down to, like, there's the one scene where Laura gets with him in the car after her dad's funeral. The way she says hi, like, I know that tone of voice. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been there. That tone of voice and how that plays out, I think I think that's one of the reasons I really love this movie is because I think that although he's a piece of shit, I'm not a perfect guy either. I'm kind of a piece of shit. And, and that's okay, but, like, you're at least trying to learn and grow. I think that's the biggest thing is that you're at least trying. 
So I think what kind of encapsulates him is so they're running down after Laura breaks up with him. He's running down his all time top five breakups. And on number three, which is Charlie, who we meet, well, we meet most of them later. Uh, all of them later? I don't remember. No, we do not meet Allison the first That's one. of course. Yeah. We would. We talked to her mom or something on the phone. But anyway, he's outside Charlie's window. I think it's in the rain. Yelling up to her, and he yells up. It's definitely in the wind. He yells up, Charlie, you fucking bitch. Fucking bitch. Let's work it out. Let's work it out. Like, that's that's just like kind of him in a nutshell. That's how he thinks it's going to work. I love that scene. Yeah, well, I think it's that says a lot about him. I think, oh, uh, yeah. I think, I think a lot of the movie where, like, especially where he's going back to his old dates, and like, you know, like when he goes to that, uh, the second one, Penny or whatever. And he's like, why'd you break up with me? And, like, she, like, tells him this really terrible thing that he had done to her. And all he cares about is that he is, he wasn't rejected. You know, like, it's very blatant. Like, he doesn't even care that he ruined her years. Yeah, he's the one that broke up with her. And he just told us, like, 30 minutes before that he broke up with her. But he fucking somehow forgot. Within 30 fucking minutes. It's because he's, like, got those narcissistic fucking tendencies where it's like dude he just needs constant reassurance that he's right and then he misremembers the past well we find out that he like runs and owns his record store and he's got jack black and the sad bald guy hanging out working there with him and hanging out with him and shit and there's this dude that comes in there this black dude and he just calls he's basically like you guys are sad nerds who just love coming in here and knowing more than everyone else who comes in and being right all the time and they're just like "Mm, yeah they don't say yes but they all know it's true at one point they say yeah there's a little joke there where they say no twice and then finally he says yes it's funny that you say that because uh johnny spade had brought up right after we finished watching the movie he's all like he's like no i don't think i could be friends with any of these people in this movie and i was like if i had to be friends with any of them would probably be that black guy that pointed that out because he seemed like the most real like like non piece of shit person i have been friends with every single person in that movie at one point in my life oh that's maybe one of my problems with this movie is i've known so many of these characters and have not liked them yeah I usually like the Jack, the berries and dicks, but the Robs are usually the ones that uh, that I'm not big on. But the berries and dicks are usually at least kind of fun sometimes. I just kept paying attention to the record store to see if there'd be music somewhere, like on a record or a sticker somewhere that I liked, but there was nothing. See, there was all I liked. There was UK subs. I saw Bad Brains. I, there's a ton of punk rock. I made a list of every song or every artist or band. That was mentioned in dialogue in the movie while we were watching it, and I couldn't write fast enough and probably missed about six or seven. But there's probably a good, like, would you say 60 friggin' names on that list? Give or take. Yeah. Like, Give or take, probably 10. Yeah, they mentioned 50, a 50 ton to 65. of artists and bands in this. And that's not the posters and the records and the songs that are playing. With the sad nerds that you have as the center of this movie, you have to whip out all the names because they've got to be yeah, showing you have off. To. Yep. Yeah, so basically up until this point in the movie, we've gotten that he's just at this... It's basically just him and these two employees that he's got, and he's just basically talking to us, running down his like relationships and why because he had just broken up with laura and or she had just broken up with him and he's trying to figure out why this is quote unquote always happening to him 
right? Like he's the fucking uh, victim in all this. And then they go out as like a trio to some club and they see uh what what's her face uh marie dusal yeah 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 yeah. playing a fucking cover peter fucking frampton fucking kills me i've always hated this song but now i kind of like it like such music snobs and these people are playing covers like oh it's good it's a fucking cover dude (laughs) like get the fuck out of here and i don't know i see a lot of bands that do a lot of good covers and uh you know, they play original music, too. But when you're playing out trying to get people to listen to your music, nobody wants to hear original music. People want to hear music that they can relate to. And then so you play a cover or two so people get into it and then you sneak your originals in. And hopefully they come to enough because your covers to hear those originals. That's pretty realistic, I think, in a, in a music scene, especially if you're talking local music. That's just what I've seen after, you know. A long time of being in various music scenes. It's all the same. And as far as their reaction to it, I think it was more them falling in love with her than it was them falling in love with the music. Oh, most definitely. There's like, oh, this gorgeous woman can sing like that. That's that's cool. You see that with any nerd activity too, though. By the way. Oh, I think that's the point. You see, talent any talented woman, like nerds fall in love with. Oh, I I agree. I'm I, you know I'm not. Oh, I've been guilty. I'm not an exception to that either. No. Because you see someone doing something that you have a passion for, you know? And if you're physically attracted to them too, why wouldn't you? But yeah, it's still pretty funny how it even shows up in here. One thing I noticed that uh, this time that I haven't noticed before is how the time goes in this movie. It's a couple of days. It's probably about a week's worth of time. I didn't count the days because I didn't realize it until like halfway through the movie. I think next time I'm going to see how long it takes. If you notice during the day, most of the time, that's when uh, the storyline kind of progresses, is always during the daytime. And he's usually with people and there's dialogue and he's not talking to the camera a shit ton during the day. But during the night when he's alone is when he's always talking and always thinking. And I thought that was kind of cool, like almost a, like a metaphor for like what actually happens, right? When you're distracted by your job during the day and you got that shit on your mind, like, you're just living out the moments. You're talking about the punk kids stealing records from your record store and like, and how shitty Barry's band's going to be or whatever. But then when you get home is when you really think about that. And I like how the movie was laid out like that. I thought it was really uh, had a lot of insight into how minds seem to work. I didn't pick up on that breakdown, but that is interesting. Yeah, I didn't really pick up on that. I think the most blatant example is when he's in bed thinking about her having sex with Ian. When Springsteen shows up? Uh yeah yeah I think it's uh well what kills me about what the about that not particularly that scene in general but just that whole story arc is he goes out and meets those guys and that woman at the bar and then he somehow gets her back to her place and has sex with her and I'm just like this guy is fucking complaining and he's like dude. Fuck this piece of shit, and yeah, but there's he, I just he wants the intimacy and relationship. Well, and then with as Laura. soon as he, he leaves, have that with the other as girl. soon as he leaves her apartment, the next morning he's like, "How the fuck could she be fucking Ian?" Yeah, I've what done the that. bubble? And I'm just like, "Dude, fuck you." I've done fuck that so many, uh, maybe not so many times, but I definitely know that feeling when like you break up with someone and you just happen to get lucky at the bar. And fucking the next day, it doesn't make you not want to be with that person anymore. Like, it doesn't help that feeling go away at all. It doesn't make me care about this fucking guy. And I feel like as a movie, I either 
like there should be somebody that I care about. And Laura is like, the only one. Yeah, she's the only halfway decent person I feel like in this movie. Oh, another thing that I love about Laura that I just realized uh, this time watching it through is she changes to be with him again too. Like you notice, like she starts just like uh, she starts handling. His, she you can tell she thinks about his uh, neurotic, his neurotic. Yeah, his neurotic shit, like, she kind of just ignores and kind of finds it, you know, like, has a different attitude. It's not bothering her anymore. She chose at some point that the good things about Rob she liked more than the things she didn't like. And I thought that was really cool about her character, though. It really makes you love her character because it's like, dude, even she changed. She's not even the main character, and she changed for this dipshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, because there's good things about him. Well, she was trying to show him that... It, the life is not all bloom, gloom, like all gloomy all the time. It's not all gloom and clouds and rain and bullshit. Like she's like, she's like, why is this even on your top five best jobs ever? She's like, you wouldn't even want to do this. And he's like, yeah, but it's the fifth one. Like it's not even like that good. It's like it's on your top five list. And yeah. you, she's like, don't you think owning a record store would be better than this? And he's like, well, yeah. She's like. All right, well, that alone, top five. Yeah. You're living one of your top five best jobs. Like, why don't you look at it like that instead of being like, it's the fifth one. I mean, it's not even that good. I mean, why? It's not in the top three. I mean, mean, you know, like, like, do you always have to look at it? Like, part of it is just the way you are looking at it, your attitude. And, like, it's just this guy's got a shitty attitude. Yeah. his whole thing is just like, woe is me and the world sucks. And it's like, dude, maybe look at it a different way. And you're all of a sudden start to appreciate what you do fucking have. And yeah. you got this woman that you like. Yeah, babe, you know what? She doesn't have a good haircut. I don't like it. <laughs> it but but it, the, the early 2000s will pass and a yeah. new uh, she'll get a new hairstyle. Bro, that haircut has never... The haircut's never gone away, and it never will go away. I needs to, dude. It's garbage. Oh, let it go. I didn't like how he started all his fucking top five list with number one. Like, you fucking dumbass. You start at number five, and then you go to number one. Yeah, but then you got to count backwards, and that, that takes twice as much thinking. He's too busy thinking about Laura and whatever chick he's banging at the time. Like, he doesn't have time to think backwards. That's solid brain math right there. And there was a lot, like, I feel like they were snap answers on all these top five. Like, there were so many top five lists. I'm like, why are you all doing Well, because that's what he and his friends do. Like, there was tons of snap. If we started doing that all the time, like, we would be really quick with everything. Because you know how the game works, and you're, like, you're waiting for your friend to ask those. You're making those lists up, like, when you're driving. So that you're waiting for your friend to, you know, be like, top five this. And you're like, bam, bam, bam. Like, I think that's how it works. It's so hard for me to definitively name things. Like, when I do, like, a practice. list like You just got to practice. It's just dude. like, I'm like, ah, no, man, because of this. Or, like, what does this count as? Does this count as one or two? Because there's two people in it. Like, if you got to count it however you want on that. Like, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You, you know what I'm saying? You didn't wait too like, caught up in the semantics of things. It's your, it's your top five. I, that's why I, I get caught up in the semantics. You make the rules. It's your top five. Yeah. I'm Dude, always getting caught up in It's not like a semantics. contest. It's just the conversation. Like, you can make up your own rules. Oh, okay, it's, it's its own little contest in its own way, at least in this context of the movie. Yeah, for sure. Very Especially straight up. Jack Black. Oh, that's his whole thing is it's a contest. 
four old classics and put in one new favorite. Same thing with Sadbald, too, though. Like, you know it's a contest with him. He's just not as loud about his judgment. He just rolls yeah. his eyes and goes Psh, behind people's backs. He just knows. He's, <laughs> he just assures himself that his taste is better. He doesn't have to prove it. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, then, like, okay, so what? And then what also killed me was, like, I already don't like you, right? I already don't like Rob Gordon, right? You have not made that clear yet. Who don't you like nope. in this movie? I okay, had, so I had no clue about so that. I, so as a viewer, I already don't like him. And then Who? you want to halfway through have Sister Liz be like finding out at lunch that Laura's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, like, so these four things happen. And, and he's all like telling us because it's like bouncing between their conversations. And he's he's telling us like all the things. He's like, she could have said two of these four things, and you know, ah, any combination really isn't gonna be good. And then she drops all four of them, and Liz is like, "Dude, you're a fucking piece of shit." And he's like, "Yeah, kind of." Oh no, she comes in and yells, "Fucking asshole!" at the top of her lungs, yeah. and then just turns around and walks out. I love Joan Cusack so much. I do too. She's awesome. Oh yeah, it was funny because halfway through the movie, I actually asked Tater. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's his sister in the movie, right? And he's like, no, that's just supposed to be a mutual friend. And I was like, I don't buy it because yeah. I buy that that's his sister in the movie. They act like because brother they and are brother and sister, and you can't not act. They they cannot unact that way. Yeah, for sure. John and John it, are brother and sister. It literally came period. off to me that that was his sister in the oh, movie. Oh, it does. It does. I don't disagree with that Even at all. Even beyond the not being able to unact it, it's hard to unsee that they're brother and sister, too. Oh, exactly. Yeah, like, they look exactly alike. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of maybe bad casting, even though they both did their role well. Uh, it's just kind of confusing to the viewer. Like, you know, I don't know. It didn't hang me up too much, but I definitely thought it was his sister the whole time, knowing that it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I just, when she says, like, we're friends too or whatever, like, I just always ignore that every time I watch it. I'm like, that's his sister. In this movie, that's his sister. I don't care. Yeah, it's definitely his sister. Yeah, yeah he's just friends with and his sister. And I watch sister. this movie a lot, and I do that every time. That's the way I look at it, is he's just friends with his sister. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so stupid to me about him going back and rehashing all these breakups like to dissect what happened like i'm not an adult enough to do that <laughs> when it comes to breakups i'm not an adult at all i'm like all right i'm never gonna fucking talk to you again like especially <laughs> like i'm sure most people have had somebody fucking leave them for somebody else and he had that happen to him and this and that happened to me Multiple and i was like, times. like no, i'm never too. fucking talking to you again after that shit either like, if I went and did what he did in this movie, I would be so fucking depressed because it would just fucking kill my fucking self-image. Yeah, never never do... If if you're a dude and you're going through a breakup, I don't know if this applies to uh, females going through a breakup. Maybe it does. I can't speak for them because I'm not one. But if you're going through a breakup, don't do anything John Cusack did in this movie. Don't ask your ex if she had sex with the new guy she's with yet oh, you're yeah. not gonna like the it's not gonna turn out good and that's not better. an answer you want you don't want a yes or a no i promise you don't want that answer 
don't call your exes and find out what's wrong with you because it's normally not even about you. You know what's wrong with you and they can't give you that answer because like you're saying, the breakup probably wasn't all about you anyway. And if it was, None of those breakups that he went to were about him. The first one wasn't about him. She married the next boy. The second one wasn't about him. He broke up with her and ruined her life. Third one (laughs) wasn't about him. It was about... The agreement they kind of had in this girl. Well, he fucking... realized it was a speech he gives about her. He realized she was kind of a piece of shit the whole time. And that's well, probably... I oh, yeah, like, Charlie is the third I one. I yeah, like she's that. A, a piece of shit. I like that because he went back and it kind of shows you don't always remember. Yeah. Like the bad parts of something. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that too. Uh, totally. Like he's just sitting there just kind of realizes like, holy fuck, dude. Like, you know. She's more uh, negative wasn't about than I am. <laughs> Fourth one. Wasn't about him. She just went on, like, moved on. Like, they weren't together anyway. They were a rebound. Yeah. The fifth one was about him, though. Well, the fifth one initially wasn't. And he said, he said, all well, he did initial, was, yeah. I just put it in there so it wouldn't yeah. be her. And I'm like, once again, well, dude, I was talking about what Laura is the, was what is the him, point though. of you making top five lists if you don't value the fifth spot? Just make a top four list. That's kind of the point that we learn later when she makes the point about the fifth spot and how he needs to lock it in with what he's got. Cause why wouldn't you? But that's also a thing that I have the hardest time with in a top five list is what's going to round it out because there's always a million things that could go in that spot at any given moment. So what am I going to round it out with? So I get that. Yeah. I get that. I just didn't like this guy. I think part of why no, I, don't I don't like him, does. well, I think uh, Tater touched on it earlier, too, and I agree with him. Like, maybe part of why I don't like him a lot is there's a lot of who he was in this movie as a person that I have been and maybe at points still am. And that makes him very unlikable because there are a lot of qualities that I don't like about myself. So it's a pretty raw movie in that way. Yeah, it introduces to me a lot of things that I used to do wrong and then I learned it was wrong. Well, Just like, treating people in general. Like, you know, there's a lot that I don't like about these people that I used to do. Maybe not all at once, but there were points in my life where I learned like, oh, that's kind of a shitty thing to do. And then changed is a lot of it. Some of them, maybe not so much. So, like, I don't know. That's kind of why I like it, because like there's there's one thing that I saw in this movie that I was like, oh, I definitely would not do that because I don't like it. And that was when like the one lady, she had like that, like that room divider. But it was all like windows. Oh, I, I love, love it. it. I was like, I it would have been way it. better if that it was, was so just cool. like mirrors. Oh, no. I'd be okay, I'd like be okay with that. Uh-huh. All the time. That'd be cool. Like mirrors on both sides? No. Mirrors on both yeah, sides. Yeah, I like That'd looking cool. at myself, right? So I'm in mean, like, like. Outer act mirrors. Too. Mirrors on the outside, no mirrors on the inside. Art on the inside. Oh, definitely. How about most, just most two way mirrors where you can see out but not see in? More mirrors on the inside. Two way mirrors. Mirrors everywhere. Like mirrors. As like instead and of clocks, put instead clocks of everywhere wallpaper, too. Cuckoo mirrors. clocks. So every hour, your apartment's the loudest. <laughs> it's like Geppetto's workshop. Yes, but it's got to be just soft enough to not crack the mirrors. Yes, all the mirrors that are going to be around <laughs> this house. You don't want to break the mirror clocks. No, 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 no. Then another thing that is more of me not being an adult is when she called him crying. My dad died, but. What the fuck are you calling me for then? <laughs> oh, that's how it kind of felt when I was watching this. Like, man, but they I were was... together for eight, like no, eight years. I think he said. I definitely understood. Like, they literally just broke up. Like, and her dad you... just died. 
Yeah, you become friends with your your significant other's family when you've been together yeah. that long. I you think I'm too friends petty. With them. I'd be too petty. Be like, you fucking left me for this other dude. Go fuck yourself. But he even makes a comment though when the mom calls and leaves a message when he's talking to his mom. He's like, that might be the last time I ever hear her voice. So he even like is sentimental about hearing his ex's mom's voice. So he clearly likes that family to some degree. Yeah, and they like him too. They said that. That they mentioned to him or something that like, yeah they didn't the tell the father really liked him. yeah there's clearly chemistry between him and his family like or her family and that that's a big part of the relationship well too. I mean she just he doesn't had, even like his mom as much as he seems to like well her family. she even like kind of came back coming back being like you know what man I don't even like this Ian Raymond guy like I want to come back I want to come back home with you and we can figure this out and then they're like. Started to figure it out, and then he was all like, God damn it, now all I'm thinking about is getting married and shit. And he's like, I don't want to think about that anymore, so I'll just, like, do it so I don't have to think about it. And I was yeah. like, this guy is fucking nuts. Yeah, he is. I loved that when they banged in the car, he had just been face down in a bunch of fucking mud. Oh, yeah. Like, she's getting <laughs> fucking mud all between her legs. Oh, yeah, all over. Yeah. That was a really muddy... That should have been a really muddy scene. Yeah. I would have been like, don't even get in my fucking car. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm surprised she even let him in her car. Well, she, she couldn't wait to get him in her yeah. car. Like, I'm either going to go stick my hand in she a was fire a or we're in the black fuck. sedan. Speaking of Chicago. This, this movie was so, like, there are very few movies in comparison to, like, New York or L.A. or whatever about Chicago that feel like they are genuinely a chicago movie and that's one really big plus about this one because it was dropping names in places especially venues that like like i've been to and like you said i don't know if you said it earlier when we were recording or beforehand that you've been to like yeah like the double door oh r.i.p my fucking favorite venue of all time Um, yeah no kidding shubas was on a flyer shubas yeah there were other ones too. They're um, outside the Biograph, which isn't really a venue, but it's outside. not the Biograph anymore anyway. But it was. Yeah, I know. But, but it, still, growing up, you know, like well, I know just, that image. The, the 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 being on the L and like that was definitely yeah. the Chicago train being on the tracks, like on the platforms, like the way he dressed with the bomber and the flannel, and the bomber had the Chicago flag on his jacket. I definitely have seen that. Oh yeah, times. Well, and they had the Blackhawks jersey in the closet. Oh, yeah, that right. was the only Chicago sport too. I think there was no Bulls or Bears. Uh, that's or still the White only Sox. Chicago sport. <laughs> he uh, he's from Evanston too, so it's like an authentic casting of at least yeah. the Chicagoland area guy as well. Yeah, it, it's uh, so it's but... so authentic that on Ian Raymond's mail, the zip code he had is the zip code I literally just moved from. Really? Yeah, I used to get mail in that's that zip awesome. code. Well, I think at one point weren't they at the Green Mill? Uh, yes. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's a green mill. I'm like, hell yeah. Well, and they mentioned someone, the, the the girl he was trying to fuck later in the movie, make the mixtape for, she worked for the reader. Oh, yeah, that's right. Chicago reader. Uh-huh. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, though, was uh, Tim Robbins wearing a wig. <laughs> I assumed he was. I think he grew his hair out for it. No. Because that was fucking awful. That was definitely I it was There was some but... really bad hair in this Dude, movie. I like... Like, I think about this now when I watch movies like this, when they were having, like, the time jumps, 
and like his hair is always different. I'm like, when did they? Like, what order did they film this movie for him? To have like, long, did they do the short hair first, and then the long <laughs> hair? Did the long ones first, and then the short hair? Probably a bunch of wigs. So this movie targets a, a little bit older generation than me. I was just coming into high school when this movie came out, but I definitely there's a lot of nostalgia to like going back and kind of remembering like the, that time period, you know, the two thousands and and before a little bit and then into being in your 20s if this movie would have been more about those punk kids that were stealing records from them and they end up releasing songs for i might have had a little bit more in common with that art that that target because that's the age i was that yeah me too me too and uh actually both those kids look like people back that we knew yep back then that we we all probably know a little bit they look like a lot of very specific people like I hung out with too, you know, and did a lot of those same things. Probably would play a little bit different music. There was the one kid that had like the ladybug dots in his hair. Yeah. I remember knowing a kid like that in high school. I fucking yeah. hated that kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So just for our listeners that are trying to follow along, we haven't watched this movie yet. So we've gotten pretty much through this movie to where... Uh, Laura's father's died. They've now had sex in the vehicle after being apart. She still doesn't go back. Um, she's now fucking Ian, who is Tim Robbins. Yes, wearing a wig. Karate Kid Master. Steering skull motherfucker. And then they end up somehow breaking up because she's just like, nah, man, fuck Tim Robbins. That has crazy wigs. I'm coming back home with you if that's what you want. John Cusack's like, well, yeah, I've been complaining this whole time that I don't have you, so I obviously want you back because I can't cheat on you if you're not back, right? And she's like, right. And then he doesn't cheat on her, and he's like, oh, how about this? Instead of cheating, let's get married. And then the movie kind of ends, right? Or yeah. I'm like, I'm going to miss yeah. something. No, that's, that's pretty I mean, much it right the whole, there. There's the whole like putting out that record thing that is where we see Laura's change. Oh, yeah, the party. That's where... Well, because that's where that's Laura's the biggest... like, I'm going to push you to do this thing that you clearly have an interest in doing. Because it was something that got up his ass that day when he heard that tape. It was like, I'm going to put this out. But then he started doubting himself. So Laura comes in and goes, no, fuck you. We're doing this thing. And she puts out the flyer with the return, the triumphant return of DJ Rob Gordon. And he's like, what the fuck were you thinking? And she's like, oh, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, and he's freaking out, but he goes and he does it. And it's all good. So that's to your point about Laura and seeing her change. Is she just accepted that Rob needed a little push all the time? Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, and it, that's to where your your point too, though. Though is he does grow in that aspect. Is he actually does take the the like once she pushes him, he does like he does follow through. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think this is kind of a. Uh, it's kind of weird because uh, I think that at least JT Money and I on this show, maybe maybe this was just outside of the show, have talked about the manic pixie dream girl situation. This is kind of the reverse, right? This is like a dude who's like all whose life is a whole mess, and like this like straight chick, you know, this chick that's just like looking out for my career. I want to get shit together. Comes in and pulls them together, as opposed to like the manic pixie dream girl, which is more. He's kind of more straight. He's too uptight, and you know she comes and saves him from being whimsical and blah blah blah. Well, blah. It's not even a it's com- kind of a cool little 
flip it, there, I think, well, on that. It's not even it comes and saves him either, because as we see when they first met, she was part of, like, the scene or whatever, and she was out there. She said she had pink hair, and she's just kind of grown. So, unlike the manic pixie dream girl who just shows up on the scene out of nowhere, poof, where did she come from? She's already been there for four years or whatever it was, and she's grown, and like she tells him, you haven't, and that's the problem. you got to grow up. So it's almost the exact opposite of that manic pixie dream girl thing. And it's it's a committed girlfriend who's reached the end of her fucking rope. Like, it almost feels like this yeah. is more a story about her than it is about him. We just get to see it through his lens. For me, at least. Yeah, that's kind of true. I kind of feel that way, too. It is. It's at least as much of a story about if her. If I'm looking for the protagonist to be likable, I guess is what I'm saying. I would want to see it from for her sure. perspective. but. I think I would have liked this movie more if it was through her lens and she was a protagonist. I probably would have liked this movie more. We would have gotten more Tim Robbins for a start, so that would have been yeah, great. that would have been fun. But less Jack Black, and Jack Black at that age was fucking hilarious. Oh, he kills yeah, it. Yeah, we would have got more Joan Cusack. He kills it with Let's Get It On, too, at the end. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. I like that little dance when Katrina and the Waves is playing. I thought it was about to be fucking School of Rock. Was that the name of that movie yeah. he was in yeah. when he was up on I stage? That movie. That's a good that movie. That movie was so good. I did like that movie. After too. this, it was like Saving Silverman, I think. Or was it, I like that, that movie. That was, yeah, right up in was there. hilarious. I hate this was movie. right around the time that Tenacious D album came out. was either like a little bit before this or a little bit after this came out. I think out. it was a little bit after this, but it was right the in the same. Wonder Boy and uh-huh. the, his big hits. Yeah, it was right in the same cut so does anybody else have anything else to say about this movie before we get to the rating i do all right what does yet mean anyway what does yet mean anyway so if i told you that i haven't seen how was it um evil dead David 2, evil dead too, yeah. too. <laughs> but i know that you've seen yet. it why would you be asking me that means that you're an idiot because i know you've seen evil dead too (laughs) but what if i haven't why it's a really good fucking movie (laughs) anything else yeah i think uh we covered pretty much everything i got to cover all right well now we are going to get to that portion of the podcast where we are going to rate high fidelity on a scale of one to 50 randy quays where one is the worst 50 is the best two to 49 literally anything in between IMDB rates high fidelity 37.5 out of 50 Randy Quades. And then I think we will start with our wonderful guest host with the most, I don't know, black t-shirts. All of us are wearing black. I'm just saying you have the most. Oh, prop mate. Nah. Uh. Nah. I think we're all about even on how many black t-shirts we own. <laughs> Most plain black t-shirts. I got uh, a lot of those. Black button-down work shirts. You got me all beat right. there. You got me there. I don't right. have any of those. I have 12. don't have any. They're all the same, exact same shirt. Well, that's more than I got. I wear the same clothes every day, but they're different. They're like Doug clothes. Funny? It's Doug Funny Closet. Oh, we're starting with me on the rating? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. I give this a 50. 50, 50, 50. Every time I watch it, it's fucking awesome. There's some things that didn't age quite so well, but I don't think it's so terrible for me to take away from my joy in this. Um, Where I'm at in relationship-wise, whether I'm just getting over a breakup or just starting with someone or in the middle of a serious relationship, this movie always has something to relate to. And even when I'm not even like going through anything relationship-wise at all, it's still fun. 
And like, there's moments that you remember and like laugh at every freaking time you watch it. At least I do. Being a music fan, like, dude, almost every band in this whole movie, either on a poster or mentioned or uh, is on the soundtrack, is one of my favorite bands. Or, well, I got a lot of favorite bands. Some of my favorite music. And it's just a perfect movie for me. I definitely still give it a 50. All right, let's go with uh, JT Money. I'm going to give this a 40 out of 50, Randy Quaid's. Um, despite how much I complained about not liking Rob Gordon and how crabby he is, not as much as Chuck did, but enough to establish I didn't like him, this movie's just so dead on accurate with the characters that it portrays. It sets out to create a Barry and a Sad Bald and a Rob Gordon and all the other peripheral characters, a Laura, and it's like, yeah, I know, I, I know or have known all these people, and it's just kind of crazy how well they pull it off um the performances across the board are good and i've got my problems with the story i can't relate to it the same way tater's saying that he does um i wouldn't do any of the things that he did in regards to relationships i uh i'm in of the johnny spade school of cut and run because that's the adult way to handle these things on that on that note, I'm just gonna say, yeah, it's still a good ass movie, no matter how much some of the characters may frustrate me, because such is life. Forty out of fifty. Cause such is life. Uh let's just uh, jump over to Johnny Spade. This is a hard one. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first time I ever saw this movie. I never heard of this movie before. I like. I liked it. I didn't dislike it. But most of the time I'm watching this movie, I'm just thinking like how much of a fucking dumbass he is going and dredging up all these fucking past relationships. Plus, who even has like these people's phone numbers? I don't talk to anybody that I used to date. Well, <laughs> Catherine was in the phone book. He was looking in the phone book. That was a funny thought too I <laughs> or had. Charlie. Charlie. Well, Catherine's Zeta Jones. Like but... a phone book is such a funny thing. Like all these people's like private way to contact him is just in a book that is at everybody's fucking but think about it in in our lifetime 20 years ago for a lot of people that's exactly how it was there was no facebook oh i know it's just a funny thing to think about now now i I don't know maybe i'm not it's not funny to me quite yet because i'm still scarred by the reality of it and having to have ever had to do that in my life why couldn't i have always been as lazy as i am now sorry i don't think it's lazy i think it's resourceful i was kind of kidding but i like the i like those type of movies where there's like fourth wall breaking or whatever where he's talking to you I like john cusack in it like zach morris used to do fuck yeah i love say by the bell johnny spade are you generally a fan of john cusack yeah just curious did you I mean i've seen did you move- give your your uh your rating for this yet i think i'm gonna go down the middle and be 25 25 down the middle so i can't make up my mind would I like you recommend that. that people see this yeah go watch it w- will you see it again no hard no what about you guys? Would I see it again? Well, Dude, I know, I know you'll see it again, Tater. And I'll I see assume, it again in two weeks. I assume, assume you'll see it again, JT Money. Oh, I'll definitely watch this again. This is the first, it's the first time I've seen it. I don't think I saw it when it came out. If I did, I don't fucking remember. Is this it. a movie you'll buy? Add to your personal collection. Nine ninety nine on Amazon. So yeah. And you obviously recommend that people should see this. Not everyone. I need to know who I was talking to. All right. Would you have recommended this movie to me? <laughs> yes. Really? Yeah, why not? Not because I think All you right. would like it, because <laughs> I kind of like the way that you reacted to it. 
And now I wouldn't have guessed you would have been so mad about how much of a piece of shit that John Cusack was. But why don't you get into that and tell us your rating? All right. So I'm just going to break it down. I really did not like this movie in a lot of ways. I didn't like almost any of the characters. I thought the Laura character was probably the character that I could most get behind and want to see her, uh, you know, a quote unquote win in the movie. And I, I think she lost on the flip side. The acting was really good. I thought the story was trash, but that's just because I can't get behind it. I, I think there are like small bits and pieces like maybe the overthinking things I can get behind, but almost everything else. I'm just like, dude, I hate this guy. Uh, I did not like the character, main character. Do you have to agree with someone's motivations or actions or like them to enjoy a movie? No, and that's that's what I'm trying to really get at here. Did is, you like Chasing Amy? I don't remember, to be honest. I, I've seen it. I just don't remember it. That's a frustrating. Because I think that's this movie and that movie have a lot, like, now that um, I'm thinking about it, a lot of this, parallels. This movie, I didn't. I can't really relate to a lot of the music knowledge, so I immediately wasn't as into it. There was a lot of deterring factors for me, but overall, I I started with a 25. I probably would say this is more like a 23 or a 24. I'm going to go a hard 23 and a half is what I'm going to finalize with the rating for myself out of 50. I do think that... um people if they have a general knowledge of what it is sit down and start watching it if you don't like it within the first 15 minutes fucking turn it off you're not missing it yeah you're not gonna like the rest if you don't like yeah. the first 15 minutes yeah and that's true it doesn't really change i will never see this movie again it's not gonna be a movie that i'm gonna like if it's on i'm leaving but i'm definitely not going to want to watch it again what's a movie that if it was on you'd be leaving counselor yeah, me too. Fuck that, dude. If I walk into my buddy's house, I'm not cracking open a beer. I don't know what like, that I'm is. I'm going to go to another buddy's house. I don't, I don't know. At what... least for the next four hours. What's counselor? the counselor? Fucking so, don't even look it up because it's going to look awesome until you watch it. Yeah, we did that movie as the <laughs> second episode of 50 Randy Quaid's. I think it's a Coen Brothers movie, isn't it? No. And I'm not even 100% sure. But I know that. For like a going, uh, a running bit we had for a long time following that episode was we would constantly bring up the counselor. And I think we've done that sporadically throughout the seven years. This is the first time in probably about a year that we've dropped a, a counselor little nugget. Yeah, that's like the freaking bottom worst movie. It's Ridley Scott. It's not good. I'm telling you, dude, watch the trailer. You're going to be like, how is this movie not good? I'm right. loving it's this cast. Awesome. No, in fact, no, in fact I, got, I got it on Blu-ray. Do you want it? No, no, I'll I'm... give it to you. What are we asking me? JT <laughs> should watch The Counselor and give us a brief one on the next episode just to jump in. I just want to, like, next time I go to your house and bring you a warming, housewarming gift, uh, spoiler alert, it's going to be a used copy of The Counselor. Are you, are you talking to me? <laughs> Yeah. No, that's fine. Cause I got a, I got a whole bunch of movies I'm trying to get rid of, so you can pick through what I'm trying to get rid of and take what you want. In return. Dude, I had a copy of The Counselor in the back seat of my car, and when I came out of the gas station, my window was smashed in, and there were twelve other copies of The Counselor <laughs> in the back seat of the car. <laughs> True story, bro. 
But you guys, I think we can all agree that you can catch all of our new episodes on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and of course, 50randyquades.com. Next time on 50 Randy Quades, episode 123, Bangkok Dangerous. We have approached 50 episodes of Cage Talk, and this will be the 50th. 50th episode of Cage Talk. Cage Talk 50. Bangkok Dangerous. Well, until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace Peace out. out.